Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Vanessa Conlin, who is the Chief Wine Officer at Wine Access in the Napa Valley. Vanessa, so much fun to sit down with you. You are one impressive woman. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be here with you. So thanks for having me. I'm very excited um, because I really have uh, watched you for quite some time and am very impressed with everything that that you do, everything that you've accomplished. And then when I did a little deep dive into your history, I just got so intrigued about you. So I can't wait for <laughs> our listeners to hear all about you. First occupation. Well, You've got to tell people <laughs> what it was. Sure. Okay. Well, my first occupation was a professional opera singer. So I, I have a master's degree in music. Um, I went to Manhattan School of Music for undergrad and then Boston University for graduate school and um, lived in New York for uh, several years. I did a, um, I was on a show on Broadway, uh, Baz Luhrmann's production of, of La Boheme, which we actually got nominated for a Tony Award. We didn't win, but I did get to perform on the Tony Awards at Radio City Music Hall, which was quite a, <laughs> quite an experience. Um, but, but yeah, so that was my, my pre-wine career was, was all about music. So what was it about music that really turned you on? Well, I grew up in a musical family. So both of my parents um, are, are classically trained musicians. My dad is a symphony conductor and my mother uh, was an opera singer. Um, she now works in, in fundraising for, for arts uh, organizations. But I, it was just, that was the only thing I really knew growing up. Honestly, I, I love music, not just classical music and opera. I really love all types, almost all types of music. <laughs> right. but, um, but I had really never considered doing anything else. And to be perfectly honest, my family, um, at least in my formative years, was not really wine drinkers. So I had no idea that this was even a career that someone could have until I was already an adult and, and living in New York City. So I have to ask, describe that light bulb moment when you decided you wanted to get into the wine business. So I'm I'm sort of a dork at heart. So <laughs> I did not have like an epiphany bottle or, or anything like that. But um, so when I was living in New York, um, with the exception of when I was on Broadway, opera gigs are, you know, you have some downtime usually in between. So you go to one city, work for one company for a couple of weeks and you come back and then you, you know, study your next role and then you go away. So I was in one of those sort of in-between times where I was just in New York and there had always been something about wine that really intrigued me. And again, I really didn't know much about it at all, but I would hear people use words that, that resonated with me, um, as a musician. So things like harmony and balance, um, and the way that people would, I would, you know, watch sommeliers at restaurants, you know, assess a wine. I was like, they're, you know, they're using their senses in a way that's, that's so almost like music when you're, when you're digesting a piece of music, you know, and then assessing it and forming your opinion. And so I just went and took a class, like a very basic 101, like adult evening class at the new school. And I just left and I thought, 
okay, like I know what I want to do with the rest of my life. So it was so fascinating, fascinating, you know, everything that goes into a bottle of wine. I remember tasting Vouvray. I'd never had Chenin Blanc before. And I was like, this is fascinating. There are other grape varieties in Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay. Who knew, you know? So that was really it. And, you know, I, I changed careers and here we are. So. Okay. So I have to ask, were your parents really disappointed that you left music? Good question. Um, they were at first. Yeah. They did not understand it at all. They, you know, thought I was making a huge mistake and didn't understand what, you know, what kind of career I could possibly have. And I think they thought I would change my mind. I will say they have completely changed their tune since then. And they, they are now avid wine, uh, enjoyers and, uh, and, you know, are very, are very proud of me in spite of me not following exactly in their footsteps. Okay. Have you used music terminology? To describe wine to your parents, to to the public. I, you know, I, I do. There are terms, but there's also just this concept that, um, you know, that kind of mentioned before, which is it, to me, it's very humanizing. You know, we're using our senses. There are so many parts of our day to day now where you're staring at a screen or you're looking at a spreadsheet, you know, and, and it gets us back into like, what am I actually feeling? You know, what, when I, when I, I say whenever I'm sort of guiding a wine tasting, you know, let the wine touch every corner of your palate, right? Before you, you know, either spit it out or consume it and then just sit for a moment and notice not just what you're tasting, but what you're feeling. And to me, I love that because I almost see this light bulb go off for people. They're like, wow, I'm like, my mouth is watering or it's feeling dry, you know, from the, so it's just this thing that to me is sort of the same with music where you all of a sudden, like you might, you know, respond to something in a way where you get goosebumps or, you know, you feel something physically happening to your body because of what you're experiencing. Well, I think it's, it's, wine can be intimidating to some folks and being able to make it relatable is helpful. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think you're trying to do when you use that kind of terminology. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you're so right. Not something actually, I remember my parents, you know, growing up, I would hear them talk about over the dinner table because my parents also, they didn't grow up in a, you know, wealthy family. You know, they came to music because they loved it. And, and opera can be, especially can be perceived as sort of very highbrow and inaccessible if you don't know what's happening or, you know, like people are going to laugh at you because you don't know how to act at the opera. And they would always talk about this constantly, like, how do we get people to come and enjoy themselves and understand that, yeah, there might be some terms that you've never heard before, but you're, this is meant to welcome you in, not to keep you out. Yeah. That's another good example. Right. Another industry that, that can be intimidating. Right. Right. Well, let's talk about wine and okay. a little bit more and talk about what you do here at Wine Access. Yes. Yeah, so my official title is Chief Wine Officer. I usually call myself Head of Wine just for simplicity, but essentially um, I'm, I oversee all of the curation that we do. So we offer thousands and thousands of different wines per year through different channels, um, email, store, clubs, events in some cases. And so ultimately, I, um, I oversee a team of amazing wine professionals and, you know, our collective jobs are to seek out these great bottles that show fantastic price to quality ratio, have a story to tell, and then, you know, bring them to, to our customers. So all the wines that we offer on the platform ultimately fall under, under uh, my role. Rewinding a tad bit. Mm -hmm. How did you develop your wine career to get to the point that you are now? Was there a mentor or somebody that got you to where you are? Yeah, there, you know, there were a couple things. Um, well, really to get started, I had to start over. So, you know, I took a very basic 
retail job, brick and mortar retail in Manhattan to learn, you know, I think I was making minimum wage or something, you know, right. but I was there cause there was a, uh, you know, so I could be around the buyer and listen to her, talk to her, her vendors and listen to her, talk to customers and taste with her. So, um, so really, you know, I, I worked retail, I, I worked in restaurants, I worked for a distributor for a while in New York. Um, and when I moved out to wine country, I worked for several wineries, uh, and then ended up sort of back in retail on this e-commerce platform here with that, with wine access. But I'd say some, some mentors I had, um, I, I started WSET in New York at the International Wine Center. And of course, Mary Ewing Mulligan, MW, and Mary Gorman McAdams, MW, are, were very, you know, they were very influential. Is there any advice that stands out that you could share? I think, you know... It, it may not have been advice that I actually got from wine professionals. I think it actually came from when I was a musician, which is, you know, like you can't be shy, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, and if you want to improve yourself and have a career, you really have to put yourself out there. So I think that was something I just always tried to remind myself. Let's say if I was at a tasting or a class, which is, you know, always listen, be humble, take in what people are saying, but like, don't be afraid to say what you think or if they ask for your opinion, because the only way to really get a barometer of where you are is to actually put yourself out there. And getting back to wine access, mm-hmm. you were saying that this e-commerce business that you have yes. here, you've got a team underneath you. Mm-hmm. And what are you providing the consumer? What makes you so unique? So the, a few things that we do here, specifically to wine, it is our obsession with curation. So we really do taste every single wine on the platform. So we never just run an offer because we got a good margin or, you know, the supplier is a friend of ours or even, hey, it may have gotten a great score. I still want to taste it and see what, it, you know, what we think about it. Do we think it, the price is, is relevant to, to that score, you know? And so... So I think putting our sort of collective experience and our names behind it. So we have this saying, like, would you stake your reputation on this wine? Meaning our faces are on the website. If someone gets this bottle and goes, huh, this isn't really what, how they described it or they overhyped it. You know, that's that's a, that's the opposite of what we're, we're going for. So always that. And then, you know, um, content is also really important here. So every wine has an original write-up that we contribute to. We have a team of, of writers um, who also have wine backgrounds. One's a winemaker, one's a sommelier. Um, but we want to really unearth those things about the wine that's going to draw in the reader in a way that they can't just go and Google themselves. So we're really always talking to the our, our um, winery partners, you know, what What's it like if you were there in the cellar? What's it like in the vineyard? You know, tell me the stories. Did something funny happen or something unexpected happening during harvest or just the things that really will bring something to life? Because again, wine like has they it should have a great story to tell and that's our, our job to unearth that. Are you featuring wines from around the world or only Napa Valley wines? From a great question, all over the world. So you'll see some names that you probably might have heard of. You'll see some names that you've never heard of before that we've that we've discovered. Um, but every price point, you know, from your sort of value Sauvignon Blanc that you're going to drink, you know, on a daily basis at home in the summer, all the way up to you know first growth Bordeaux that um, that you know are very much a collector's item. So all all regions, all price points. Top moment of your career so far? I mean, it, you probably could have guessed, but it was it was becoming an MW. That was, um, you know, something that I think, I mean, it was obviously, it was the hardest thing I've ever done, but it was the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And to me, it wasn't just that achievement of getting there. It was sort of knowing that this is 
another door that's opened, you know, that now, you know, hope, I, I want to keep learning forever. This is when be, becoming a master of wine doesn't mean you know everything, <laughs> you know, by any <laughs> it means. It doesn't. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. Um, but for me, that's, that's almost what was more exciting is like now, wow, there's a community of, of other MWs I can get to know and learn from them and, you know, just continue this pursuit. Well, and you're such a small club. Mm. Yes, it's still. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's got, it's under what? 300 or 500 it's, it's worldwide is i think it's around 400 in the united states we're currently at 56 i mean total it's incredible it's an amazing group of people and one of the things i really loved about studying is there's no quota you know you're only competing against yourself in that moment when you're taking the exam so it was a very supportive group it was a group that honestly they, we saw each other at our absolute best and our absolute worst and so these will be my friends for life i think that's wonderful Fantastic. What's your favorite varietal these days? So, you know, I live in Napa Valley, so obviously I'm a big fan of, of Napa Cab uh, and the like, but I'm huge Northern Rhone fans. So I love Syrah. I think it's so underrated. <laughs> so that's kind of my, my go-to. Um, and I'm also a big Chablis drinker. And of course, I, I love champagne. So, <laughs> okay. She can't commit to one or two. <laughs> she is a wine woman after all. A goal that you're looking to achieve in the next five years? You know, I really want to encourage um, mentorship, more mentorship in the wine business. I think we've done a lot in terms of, you know, uh, embracing people that don't look like us or, 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 you know, different genders and all that as a, as, a, as a community. But I think we have a lot more work to do. So I'm always sort of looking for ways to maybe give back. Um, and, you know, I also just something I really discovered really what happened during lockdown and COVID was that there was sort of some skills I learned as a musician, as a performer that apply to wine in a way, because we started doing a lot of things like online tastings and virtual events and webinars. And I realized, wow, like this is, it's, it's a way to kind of communicate the way that I used to, you know, um, but in a, in a virtual way and through wine. So it was sort of a way to combine those two parts of me. <laughs> Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. Let's shift on to your personal life. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you live in the Napa Valley. Yes. Where do you live in the Napa? So I live in what the town? In the town of Napa. Okay. Yes. How, did, in... you, how did you choose the town of Napa? Because... You know, Napa Valley has so many cute little towns. Well, it's what I could afford when I moved out here. Because <laughs> Napa, as you, I'm sure you know, town of Napa has come a long way. It I'm, has. Yeah. I moved out here in 2010. I, oh. I think that we really didn't even have, like, we had flashing red lights in Napa. We didn't even have stoplights. <laughs> well, maybe. In some parts. In yeah. some parts. But um, but it's it's changed a lot. Um, so, but I, I also liked... Um, kind of being closer to San Francisco so I could go in and if I did want to you know go see a concert or go to the museum or you know check out a new restaurant I wanted to be kind of more central well yeah. and Napa's cool now so. yeah Napa's so cool now yeah. look what happened it's fantastic <laughs> things are open past 8 p.m. right <laughs> I mean it's a happening place it is if we took a step inside your home what would we see what is your decorating style so it's kind of eclectic I you know I, I love art I have a lot of um kind of impressionist um, on the walls. I love it go. Um, so I have, you know, not, um, 
put the time in that I would like to in a way because I uh, have my Peloton right in the middle of my living room. <laughs> so you would definitely see that. <laughs> right. Okay. That's but, all right. Yeah. But I do actually use it. I don't just hang things on it. So um, so you see that. I, I also have a, a Pilates reformer. So I'm very, you know, moving and sort of moving meditation is something that I have to do kind of every day. I have a lot of energy that if I don't channel it. <laughs> It'll be pent up energy. Exactly. Exactly. So that, and then of course you're going to see cats because I'm uh, um, very much into um, animal rescue and welfare. So I have three rescues. Oh, wow. What are their names? So they're all named after uh, old movie stars. So I've got Ava Gardner, Grace Kelly, and Vivian Lee. Okay. I love it. <laughs> very, very cute. Color scheme. I like a lot of sort of wine colors, so a lot of burgundy around the house uh, and just sort of things that remind me of the growing season, greens, you know, floral things. But um, I have to say that design was not a gift I was really born with. <laughs> it didn't come along with musicianship. So, <laughs> Okay, hence the fact she has exercise equipment yes, exactly. in the middle of her room, but maybe it's just her priorities right. True. <laughs> True. True. are on fitness. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you that. Okay. So. When you kick back and relax, what kind of music do you put on? So I like um I like the blues, I like soul, I like a lot of classic rock, so like Zeppelin, you know, uh, Bruce Springsteen, U uh, two is is kind of my my genre. But then I like sort of the modern blues, like Marcus King, uh, Nathaniel Radcliffe. I really like uh, the record company. So it's it's a little bit all over the map. I'm surprised. I like it, though. Okay. Do you have a hobby other than uh, listening to the blues and exercising and tasting wine? I love cooking. Um, I really like it's It's the way for me to relax. It's very hard for me to sit still. So it's a way for me to kind of let my brain process the day but still be using my hands and creating something. So um, I often will sort of mash up three different recipes. Or if I go to a restaurant and I try something, I like to just try to recreate it at home. What's the last thing that you tried to recreate? So I think they took it off the menu, but there's this great um, shaved Brussels sprout salad at Bottega that's so delicious. So I've been trying to perfect that for a while now. I just tried again yesterday. I'm still not there, but I'll get there. Okay. (laughs) I'm guessing through the course of your life, you've done some traveling. I have. Is there... Has there been a meaningful trip that you've taken that you could share? Sure. I mean, there've been there were you know trips I did as a as a singer, of course, way before wine um, that were you know formative. You know, going to Italy for the first time and really you know really tasting wine there again. I didn't know anything at that point about it, but so I can remember things like that. But in terms of wine travel, um, and it could be, it doesn't have to be wine. Well, it it, it is and it isn't. So it's. I, Actually, the um, so I became a master of wine in 2020, and we didn't have a ceremony that year, of course. So you, yes, usually it always is in November, and you become a master of wine the day they call you. You pass, you know, you passed. But there's always an annual ceremony, and uh, it was canceled, and then it was rescheduled for 2021, and then it was kind of that's right when Omicron was coming in, and you know, I just, I just really wanted it, but I almost wanted it more for my parents. I wanted them to kind of see, you know, the, your achievement. 
the achievement and why I was, you know, antisocial for five years <laughs> while I was, you know, I'm kidding mostly, but it does, it really occupied a huge amount of my, my, my time and energy. So I just kind of wanted that almost just to, to share that with them. So that did happen this past December and that was really, really special. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And wh- where did that occur? So it's at Vintners Hall in London and we were a little sparsely attended again because of COVID and all that, but still it, it, I'll never forget it. It's just the building itself is amazing. Um, um, ancient and storied and then just sort of being there in the company of people, you know, some of the MWs that came before and seeing them, you know, applaud all the new MWs was, was just, I'll never forget it. <laughs> I mean, I imagine it's just a amazing moment yeah. in time. Bucket list. I mean, passing the, <laughs> the MS is quite a big bucket list item I imagine but do you have other items on a bucket list yeah I do I mean um obviously there's some places I haven't traveled which I'd really like to I'd love I've never been to Sicily I'm dying to go to Etna so there's wine travel stuff but kind of to go back to what I mentioned before in terms of these sort of virtual events and and interviewing people during during that time I really found this passion for for that so it's not getting on camera and saying, I'm going to talk to you as an MW. This is what I know, blah, blah, blah. It's really sort of thinking of the right questions to ask, let's say another vintner, you know, um, to, to draw their questions out. So I really want to do something with that long-term, some type of, you know, series or, or program where you're talking to different people and kind of humanizing wine and, and hearing why, why it matters through the stories that they tell. Mm Mm-hmm. Is there something that people might be surprised to learn about you that you haven't already told us? Well, I mentioned um, the my three cats that I've um, rescued, but um, I've, I'm on the board of um, of an animal organization here called Jameson Humane. It's committed to um, humans, the environment, and animals, of course, but that's a huge passion of mine, so I, I spend a lot of time um, volunteering for them. I guess one other thing is, like, I'm, I, I am really, a, like, a dork at heart, so I really genuinely love studying still so what are you studying now <laughs> there's there's always something but I know it's it's like it's it's for me that's a way to I don't know I need to always be learning something I need to constantly be be filling my brain with something that's new is there something currently that you're studying it's for? I mean it's it's wine it's always wine of, of some capacity but but just keep you know learning about or even sometimes refreshing you know so so many things change in terms of um, developments technology you know mm-hmm. things that are happening in the vineyard I've been reading so much about like the monarch tractor and all these cool mm-hmm. things so I just always like to know what's going on monarch tractor is getting a lot of press these days. it is getting a lot of press <laughs> obviously you taste a lot of wine you live in wine country when you're at home, what do you like to drink? Do you drink wine always, or is there something else that you gravitate um, to? Yeah, I'm really a vodka martini gal, too. So. Okay, <laughs> good so, job. So on a Friday night, you know, maybe after a long week of tasting wine, which, of course, I love, but, you know, sometimes it's nice. You need a break. You need a break. So I'm just a vodka martini up with olives, completely dry, not dirty. Okay. <laughs> One or two of your favorite spots in the Napa Valley um, so, that you always recommend to friends. So I always, I, I love the restaurant Torque mm-hmm. in Napa. I love Sean and Cynthia O'Toole. I think they're just like the loveliest people and their staff is, they have just the most wonderful hospitality. So I always recommend that. Um, obviously people come to Napa, they want to do a lot of wine tasting, but I always encourage them, like, get out there and take a walk, like Alston Park, or just, you know, get up above and see these amazing panoramic, panoramic views. 
And what's a perfect day off for you? Good question. Um, probably sleeping in a little bit. Um, definitely getting some exercise, Peloton or otherwise, um, catching up with my, my husband or my parents who also live in Napa Valley, um, probably cooking for sure. <laughs> okay. So you brought up your parents. Mm-hmm. You got, you lured your parents. Here. I did. I when did. did that happen? They moved out here just a couple years after I did. I'm an, I'm an only child and, um, they came out to Napa a few times. They were living in Ohio at the time. And I think it was a pretty easy choice after they visited <laughs> to move out here. Interesting. <laughs> right now we're going to wrap things up. Okay. With five quick questions. Ooh, all right. You ready? Yes. Okay. What's your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. What's your favorite flower? Ooh, um, I like calla lilies. What's the last piece of candy you ate? I can't even remember. I have no sweet tooth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What kind of car do you drive? I drive um, a Toyota Highlander. And what's in your nightstand? Oh, okay. Well, um an eye mask for sure, because I, if I see light, that's it. So I always have an eye mask. Um, I also have a noise machine <laughs> for, for, for white noise and then always a book for sure. Okay. What's the book? So I'm rereading, um, war and wine or is it wine and war? I can't remember which comes first, but it's a great book about, you know, all the things that happened during, um, the world wars in Europe in particular, you know, people building fake walls in their cellars to hide their bottles from the Nazis and all these things. Super cool. Yeah. Okay. Well, Vanessa, it's been super cool to talk to you today. Thank you. Right back at you. This has been really fun. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.